That sound means it is time for our Straight Talk segment here on Real Presence Live. Father James Gross joined by Father Jason Leffer, priest of the Diocese of Fargo. The number to call is 877-795-0122. You can also leave questions for us on our Facebook page at Real Presence Radio. You know, Father Gross, I, w- I was thinking, today, today is the shortest day of the year in the sense of daylight like yes where the the sun barely gets above that southern horizon it barely comes up and goes down but you know the good news is the light is conquering the darkness we're headed headed back it may take a while but we are gaining time yes but of daylight okay so in the, these dark times of the year where again it, this is we're in the christmas novena right the nine days before christmas the o antiphons the fulfillment of all prophecy we're about to see the face of our savior right um Christmas time, it's a wonderful time of the year, right? All these things. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if people would call in and just share with us some of their family traditions, like like the, the, what, the, the special foods, right? The, mm-hmm. uh, do you midnight mass or do you not midnight mass? Do you open your presents before, on Christmas Eve? Do you do Christmas Day? What, I mean, there's, yeah. there's so many, and, and, and the foods, right? Right, so much of it is an ethnic customs that have been carried on for generations right and i I think in the modern day we kind of lose all that with our how transitory we are with our where we live and all that so i think it would just be beautiful if people call in and just share with us their family stories their family memories their traditions their things i i I can't ever hear enough of these and you hear them it just inspires you it lifts you up it gets you so excited for yeah yeah we'd love we'd love to live we'd love to uh hear those things and you know for many of us as priests some distance removed from our immediate family we vicariously are sharing in certain things that others very graciously include us in, but it's great to hear these. 877-795-0122. And Father Gross, also, just maybe what the listeners' appetites, what are some topics we might want to touch on as we go? Not Um, what we're do right now, but just in case we don't get some calls here. Yeah, Um, well, uh, there is a um, memo that came out from one of the uh, Vatican dicasteries with regard to conferring blessings that's been getting a lot of attention and so we can talk about what it actually says what perhaps doesn't do and why it is that a lot of catholics of goodwill have had at least a little bit of concern or alarm about what's been said and we always have to take it with a grain of salt of how the mainstream media is stoking the flames of how we understand things happening um one of the readings today for daily mass comes from the song of song so I was thinking about maybe a couple of minutes of discussion about that particular book of the Bible. A lot of people find it hard to relate to. Then House Troubadour could give a very poetic understanding of what it's about. Yes, yes, indeed. You know, remembering that the Bible is a library of a lot of different literary forms and that not everything is like a newspaper article. This happened, then this happened, then this happened. Stuff like that. I also wanted to talk at some point during the course of the show about um, some of the movies of 2023. I was uh, I'd seen a number of different movies and kind of catalog things that um, were impressive to me, things that were big phenomena in the country and how I responded to them. Things so like a that. look back upon the year. Yes, yes. You know, um, I don't know if you remember, Father, that uh, Casey Kasem would always do yes. the end of the year countdown <laughs> yes. of the biggest songs of the year. So as as Gen Xers, children of the 80s, we, re- we remember that very fondly. There is a question that I want to get to uh, that was posed to us. Um, and I think there's a certain um, 
I don't want to say caveat, but there's an extra element to this question because of this particular year that we're in. What is it like to be a priest during Christmas? How busy are you and what duties do you have? This year, we have Christmas Day which is always an obligation, regardless of what day it falls on, um, one day after the fourth Sunday of Advent. So there's a back-to-back in terms of, um, you know, the, the masses that we are celebrating and what we provide. Generally speaking, December, without fail, is the busiest month of the entire year for me, because you have a lot of things um, congested into that, uh, various Christmas parties, uh, celebrations. You have uh, a lot of confessions with communal penance services, increased confessions at one's parish. So um, certainly uh, certainly it is busy, but uh, what, what are your first reactions to that question? Okay, well, immediately the first thing that hits me is, reflecting back on last year, which is the most perfect Christmas of the, the two year, for one special baby where where <laughs> when Christmas lands on Sunday because yep. it lines up perfectly now if you're in a large parish it's deadly because you lose you lose one of the biggest collections of the year financially it hits you financially but um, but then that's followed by the next year and this a leap year too so the, but mm-hmm. where then it's on a Monday or a Saturday yeah and, and then it so why why that's well, first of all let's Let's mention liturgically what's going on. The, right. The reason that's happening is there's two different calendars. You have the solar calendar, which does the days of the week, and you have the lunar calendar, which is the months of the year. So, like, if I asked you, Father Gross, what, what day this year is Easter on? You're going to say? The first Sunday after the first full moon after the first day of spring. So it always lands on Sunday, right? Easter's yes. always on Sunday. And yeah. it happens to be the 31st of March this year, but it could be within a window of late March through late April. There we go. But but the point is it's always on Sunday. Yes. So if I turn to you and I say, what day is Christmas on this year? You're going to say... 25th of December. And you're going to say, I don't know what day of the week it is. I'm going to have to look it up because I, I don't know. Yeah, is but it Christmas be? trumps everything, you know, in terms sure. of, yeah, that day and of so the week. What, so day. what's going on there is it's the solar and lunar calendars moving mm-hmm. back and forth, which yeah. causes the day of the week to change for Christmas. Now, we should mention that there are a couple of other peculiarities in the season of Christmas. Holy Family Sunday is the 31st. Um, the 1st of January, the Solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God, is not an obligation in our diocese and you know most uh, dioceses uh, in the United States. This year, um, the baptism of the Lord is not celebrated on a Sunday, but that feast is on Monday, Monday. the 9th, I want to say. Yep. Yes. Uh, no, Monday the 8th. Yep. Monday the 8th of January. So Christmas itself is somewhat slightly shortened as Advent was shortened because of the day of yep. the week in which Christmas fell. Okay, so why, why is it so complicated? Again, because there's two calendars, the solar and lunar calendar, and they're always moving through the celestial sky, right? And so now this particular year, we find it, immediately what what strikes so it causes consternation in the parish first of all so like for example this sunday um so what's going to happen saturday evening we will at my parish of saint joseph and lincoln we will we will finish advent saturday at 6 p.m at which point we're then going to quickly decorate the church for christmas sunday morning at saints peter and paul and beckany we'll have mass at 8 30 finish 9 30 we'll decorate for christmas at 9 30 on right afterwards we'll go we'll have mass at st john palmacine in Pisic, north dakota we'll decorate for christmas at 11 o'clock or at noon 11 30 noon after that mass 
Mm-hmm. And then two hours later, we'll turn around and right. start Mass for Christmas Eve at St. Peter yeah. Paul and Beckoning. Yeah. So what's happening, the consternation for the people is like, Father, come on, we want to get decorated for, you know, and, it, and it's kind of like, let's take a deep breath. We yeah. do this every seven years. We come upon this. Right. We, w- please, let's honor Advent. Let's not shortchange something. Yeah. Let's so for us, the, the trees time. will be in, but the lights won't be on and, you know, various yes. things like that. There may be some things that are done ahead of time, but you don't just toss out the Advent wreath, for example, on this coming right. weekend. Yeah. So, so what happens there is personally for a priest. So for myself, you, you can say you're too, but for myself, from Saturday afternoon until Monday at noon, I will have celebrated seven liturgies within like a less than a two-day period, which mm-hmm. that's pretty taxing and demanding. You know, yeah. so how about yourself? What, what yeah, I mean, there's going to be, um, yeah, there, there, there is going to be a total of uh, six Masses from Saturday evening through Monday midday. Um, now, I am in a lucky position, personally, because I don't have a long commute like many of our brother priests do, especially in more rural parts of our dioceses in the listening area. I, I have a classmate uh, in South Dakota who had two mission churches, 30 miles from his home place, each one in a different direction. So that was a minimum of 120 miles just to do that, much less any other side trips that a person is making, things like that. Like so when you forget to bring the altar wine or the hosts. The bulletins ended up on the desk instead of in the uh, carrier, you know, and so, yeah, you're uh, five miles down the road. <gasps> <laughs> Yes, yes, those sorts of okay, things. So and then it, it, it's also a matter of both spiritually yes. and mentally shifting gears because you want to give the best and to respect what each day represents. And um, I, I was uh, speaking with some friends about that old commercial for Dunkin' Donuts where the man wakes up in time to make the donuts, you know, <laughs> as he's dragging himself from bed. You don't want to put on that persona because the people who are coming here aren't feeling that way necessarily so you want to honor the themes you know like in your homilies and your presentation and in in the way you deal with people especially because you've got kids and grandkids seeing grandma and grandpa you know from other parts of the country and and things like that and and you really want to be at your best and it it takes you know the um it it takes a lot of grace to to do that and i I think you you hit on it very very well there so like you know, Father Gross, you and I, we know each other pretty well, and we're we're there where, you know, we we really do want to serve our people, we, and we really do want to serve Christ, and we really do want to make this real. And so I think both on the parts of the people and then the priest, there's this temptation to like just jump through the hoops or or to get it done or be the sacramental vending machine. Or <laughs> you know, we're doing this because we have to, or how long is this going to take, kind of thing. And so it really, they're personally and collectively in the body of Christ, they're. There is a and a good a, a good challenge put before us to say like okay let's let's just take a deep breath here where spiritually mm-hmm. what wh- what does this mean why is it so important that we do these things and in, and in these days here if I'm not feeding myself well. I'm not going to have what I should to give the people on Sunday and on Monday and, you know, through the course yeah, of and this. And it was even like like last evening I had an opportunity where normally I'd be teaching faith formation and so forth, and I had this whole list of things. I'm like, got to get all these things done, blah, 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 blah. And there came this moment, and I just I was like, you know what? I need to take a deep breath. And I actually need to go take an extra hour here just for myself right here just, just to get – because we're about to dive in. You know, we're about to go – 
let, let's just get ourselves here in the, in the presence of the Heavenly Father, and let's just mm-hmm. make sure that we're one here, and that we're all together. And, and it, t- it turned out um, all that tension and pressure just yeah. kind of evaporated, took a deep mm-hmm. breath, and, and went into the spiritual presence of God. Yeah. Lastly, I want to give a tip of the hat in all seriousness to our volunteers, ministers, uh, sacristans, music ministers, people who are putting in a lot of extra time and effort, not just on this coming weekend, but preparing beforehand, because that really is a labor of love and I, I, I want to be sure to reflect uh, um, appreciation and gratitude to all of them because they're choosing to do this, you know, and because yeah. of their because of their love of the Lord and their brothers and sisters in the church. So um, please, uh, please join us, um, you know, uh, for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Please join us for the Christmas Mass that works best for your family. And if there are particular Christmas traditions that you would like to share with us, now's the time to do so. 877-795-0122. I also wanted to just maybe turn a a little bit to kind of the current events news of the day, um, you might say, this week that's really captivated a lot of people's attention. There were all sorts of news feeds on Monday morning that were declaring things about um, decrees that Pope Francis was making with regard to people who have same-sex attraction and, you know, and and the conferring of blessings in the church and uh, a lot of their motivation and this this sounds jaded and cynical it is <laughs> but but a lot of their motivation is to um, you know kind of stoke the ire of people who have a, a, a deep respect for the you know for for, for the traditions and the teachings of the faith you know and who do not consider uh, such things to be, you know, flexible or disposable, you know, that sort of thing. And so it's setting up this dichotomy, you know, of, okay, we've got to make these two sides fight against each other. So, you know, Father Leffer, um, what comes to your mind as you've been looking into some of these issues and what it yeah. is that the Vatican actually has to say? Yeah, so, I mean, so first of all, I call to mind the Catechism of Catholic Church, which is, instructs us on our faith, says that we, our starting point is always to think the best of someone or some situation here what, what's going on so it's very important to start with that perspective of mind like saying okay if the holy father has put this out there, there there's gonna be something going on or some reason so what and remember he's the he's the the holy father he's the vicar of christ for the whole church the whole universal church the whole world so there isn't just one issue going on somewhere so the bigger picture is this like um so in the world perspective right now there's there's say a group of bishops so forth in Germany which are really getting close to you could even say schism they're using that word schism because they're they're doing things that are more on the moral realm of things that are really on the edge very much on the edge I, I, you could easily say well they're not even Christian teaching or faith and, and a lot of this has to do with um, say what the you know, human homo- sexuality homosexual marriage and this kind of a thing and so so the Holy Father Think of the best in his heart. He he's he wants to make an avenue for them to stay united to the church, to st- stay within the teaching. Keep of the all of the sheep so within the pen, so to speak. That, yeah. That's right. So so this document, um, so it it addresses very clearly that this is not about the. It's not redefining the sacrament of marriage. There's sacrament of marriage is one man, one woman together open for unitive and procreative purposes for life. That it's solidly stated in there. And then, and then the, the the question is, well, can um, can you bless 
the the union of a homosexual couple, whether two men or two women. This is the the question that that it's addressing, and and so it says, well, no, the the church doesn't have the authority to to bless the union. To bless the we we can't declare something that's Im, immoral to be moral. We can't change that, but the the we always have the ability to bless that which is able to receive a blessing so can, can you can you bless the two individuals that are that are there and and especially again the the thing that you're blessing has to be able to receive the blessing right i mean that's that's part of it so um so in there the document is very clear it says well you in in no way can you grant a blessing when if they're dressed up for a civil ceremony a union of to homosexuals on the day of, or give any kind of external appearance that you're that you're yeah. blessing the union. So they they're very careful going through, very particular about right. you can't do what what all you can't do. Yeah. Okay. So is the person disposed to receive and to live in the truth? Okay. You know, and that's so now, one of the and, and again, the document, yeah, it doesn't actually address that, which I wish it had. That would have been important. Right. I'm just saying that that's exactly. kind of a response from our end. Exactly. Of the no, it is. So so then and then it goes on and says, well, okay, like. Yeah, it, the blessing needs to be spontaneous. So it's saying that um, the bishop conferences of the world cannot put a formal blessing together for two homosexuals in a homosexual union. So, but you give a spontaneous blessing to the people because, especially you know, if if they're open to life with Christ and turning to Christ and so forth. So, the the, the idea here is to make room for for those who are struggling with these issues to stay connected to the body of Christ and so forth. Now, w one of the things, uh, and this is Father Leffer speaking on my part, which was mm -hmm. lacking, I, I think what, what would have been very helpful in this, because you can ask the question, okay, before you put this document out, well, I already knew that. Like, er everybody already knew that. Like, w I, I know that I can bless, and I can give spontaneous blessings all the time. That's part of being a priest. You give a lot of spontaneous blessings yes. when people ask. So, so, like, so why is it important to actually put a document out? Well, I think the, the reason for the document has to do with what's going on in certain parts of the church okay. that are headed towards schism, okay? But also, the Holy Father, he, he, he himself has expressed many times where he's concerned about what, in his mind, what is people who are rigid, that you need to make more room for those who are struggling and so forth and, and be hospitable and welcome them into faith. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, but on my part, so Father Leffer's part saying, one of the things the document doesn't do that I really wish it had addressed was what I'll say is called it, it, the causing scandal. Like so, yeah, like I yeah. since this came out on Monday, so many of my people, people have come to me, and then they're coming to me and they're scandalized. Could Is this suggesting a moral equivalency? Yeah. Yes, and and so like and it did, the document doesn't address scandal, what scandal is, and how. You know, no, it, it works really hard to say what you can't do. So I think that's their attempt to say like, hey, don't mm -hmm. don't give the appearance of scandal. But already by releasing this, the media's run, the public media has run with it, saying saying it's something that it isn't like it's blessing homosexual or catholic church has approved homosexual marriages it's there's headlines like this that are yeah. out there they're completely blatantly the flight false. gates have been opened et exactly but yeah. but your your common person who's out there in the street they're hearing all this and they they don't know what to do with it and so they're they're come running and they say what's going on here and da da, da. and so on our part as priests and those who are theologians and understand these things we really do need to work hard to I, I think really talk about this and address it and speak with it to people in a, in a clear voice, a, a calm voice, and say what 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 it really is and what it really isn't. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, I I do wish it had addressed that whole thing. What is scandal? And, and so because a lot of people who are scandalized by this. In other words, they're 
it, what it means is that their faith has been shaken. They don't know what's really going on. They they don't have the wherewithal or whatever the means to go and find the document and read it and see what it really says or what it doesn't say. And right. they're they're just trusting the the yeah. word off the street that's mm-hmm. coming to them. Yeah, a watchword that Pope Francis loves to use is encounter, and there is a lot of value in encounter. But is it encounter just for encounter's sake, or is it leading toward growth and in, in virtue and holiness? And, and that you bring up another good po- you know something again. This is just me personally, but the document is lacking anything call it, like it doesn't address the whole issue, but a, a call to conversion, a call to the actual life of Christ, a call to chaste love. Or the, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't address any of those things, which I, th- I think it would it would have been good maybe to yeah. a little more whatever. But either way, it's the document is of Christian faith, of Christian teaching. There's nothing in there that is, contra- if you take a legalistic perspective, contrary to our, mm-hmm. our teaching or our thought. Yeah. But again, like, you, Father Gross, you can take a hammer, and if you have a hammer, you can use it to build a house for somebody, or you can take a hammer and you can use it to knock somebody over the head and do evil to them. Mm-hmm. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with the sacred scripture, or the teachings of the church, or yeah. the catechism. You can, you can take these things, they're tools, right? You can take them and you can use them to build up and help or you can use them to hurt right. and harm and destroy. Right. Am I requesting, let's say, if I were not a priest, but, you know, a layperson, regardless of what, you know, the orientation would be, am I requesting a blessing in order to uh, validate a choice that uh, is not in line with the teachings of the gospel? You know, in, in any number of different areas. You know, we don't just have to make this sound as though it's just a single, uh, you know, narrow concern. Right, because, I mean, people have brought up, well, then this opens the door for what if there's people who three people in one relationship polyamory, or polyamory yes, or yes. polygamy or mm-hmm. or and, and there's other things too that go on from there and but but so but for myself personally i'm saying okay if i'm in that situation somebody requests a blessing in this particular situation a- am i prepared to deal with it and so forth and i i have to say well yes i am because i've had these conversations i've had these encounters i've had interactions and and i from the depth of my core, my being, I want every human being I meet to be one with Christ, to come to eternal salvation, to be be on a road of the state of grace and so forth. And so, yes, I am prepared to engage somebody who, mm-hmm. no matter where they are in life or what their experience is, that that's why I wear black. You know, that's why I'm here is to be the, the sign and this invitation mm-hmm. to come to and, the And, and as a steward of God's gifts, if I am a priest and someone asks for a blessing, I want to know in a sense, what their idea of the purpose is. Let's say they're about to have an important medical test. They're taking a big exam, you know, or the the bar exam or various things like that. And there is a connection of my heart to theirs, you know, regardless of what God intends, you know, for their, for their outcome. There is a, a connection there. And can I just obscure that or, you know, uh, do something that is a, a violation of my conscience? You know, so that's where we come. That that's where we come at this in terms of um, understanding. You know what what's come out here. That our responsibility is to help people in their uh, journey of discipleship, and that that's you know, that and can't I, be sacrificed. And I think it's you know, like for you and I as priests. Like if somebody comes and requests and they ask for a blessing, it's okay for us to say no. What what blessing are you asking for? Like what, what is your intention or purpose? I mean. Cause 
because really that I mean there's certain yeah. things that we can bless and certain right. things that we can't and, and it doesn't have to be creepy in terms no, of you know no, no, crying no. you know no no not at all no it, unjustly it just, yeah yeah it just like because I mean honestly if I'm see what is a blessing it's using your word it's going to become incarnate mm-hmm. upon that person right so in order for me to actually bless what you're asking for well, what are you asking and then, then that's the that's the opportunity to say well I, I can bless this way but I can't bless that way and are, would you still like this blessing that I can give you so, yeah, yeah. You know. So at least that's our uh, two cents or three or four when it comes <laughs> to that. We just have a couple of minutes left in this segment here. Um, I wanted to also ask about something, if we can just address it for a couple of minutes here. Uh, there, are, There is the option of using two different readings for the first reading at the Daily Mass today. One of them comes from the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs, which is a unique sort of literary form within the Old Testament. And uh, a lot of people you know, read that and are a little bit bewildered about why should this be, you know, in sacred scripture. So now is your chance, Father Leffer, to give us your, right, let's your go. the straight skinny on so it. So why, and if people aren't familiar with it, it'd be similar to when you, you were probably sophomore year in high school and, and in your literature class, they brought about like Shakespeare poetry or you had some poetry How do I love and, thee? Let me right, count and the ways. Maybe, you know, as like a 14, 15 year old young guy or whatever, when you hear love poetry the first time it kind of it has an effect and you're like whoa what is this i'm uncomfortable with this and so when you hear the song of songs being declared from from the the lectern in uh in the church and within liturgy it kind of strikes you that way hark here my lover comes bounding upon across the hills like a gazelle peering through the lattices at my loveliness you know mm-hmm. you're like, whoa what's going on here so first of all th- where where this is written, where it comes from, within that era of the church, there, this this literature is very common. It's not. This is a very common type of literature that was going on and being written for all kinds of things. Right, I think Saint Bernard yeah. of Clairvaux, for example, gives a lot of attention to Absolutely. his commentary on it. And then, and, and if and if you just get a, a couple of ways of looking at this, also it'll, it'll open up a whole new way of seeing this and appreciation. So, ultimately, there's always layers of meaning. But number one, this is. This is Yahweh in pursuit of his bride Israel, or his lover Israel. So you can see it as, or you can hear it as God pursuing humanity, right? Christ the bridegroom pursuing the human soul, right? So it can be, it can be a collective thing. It can be a personal thing. So the and if you go and read the the whole book, which is not very long, it's it's pretty short. Mm-hmm. You can read it. There there's the the female component and the male component. The male component is the lover coming and the female is the one being pursued. Well, you can, if you want to read it in a personal way, the female being pursued is your soul. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It's your human soul, right? And the the one who's coming, it, this, is, this is Christ coming to save you from hell and death and separation from God bringing you in. And so, and the, this, um, the natural course of two people falling in love, romance is very important. It's one of those essential steps that that is in there. And so, God does have a romantic love for humanity. And mm-hmm. and so, right, this part of what's happening right now, you think of everything, Father Gross, everything we did to get prepared for Christmas, right? Or, I must make a good confession. I must do this. I must do that. I must do this. I must do that to get ready, right? Well, actually, it's God who's doing the work. And and this with this this uh, literature is doing this song of songs is describing what is god doing to pursue us and on december 25th you're going to see his face 
the, the bridegroom's right. going to show up, but as a little baby. And I'm being called to give my best to my greatest love. So, you know, there, there's that, I think there's that old TV series, Dragnet, where the detective said, just the facts, ma'am. You know, a lot of people expect things to read that way, but when we come upon this love poetry genre, you might say, such as the Song of Songs, it is another it's another approach. It's another way to express um, the the working of God, you know, in our midst. So that's what we had for you uh, here in the last half hour. So as we wrap things up, we are going to be looking at a couple of wonderful conversations that we have uh, a great adoption story that we're going to be launching into at the bottom of next hour. But first we're going to talk with uh, Dr. Helen Hoffner and uh, her latest book, about the influence of Catholicism in the world, and you're not going to want to miss that. Stay tuned for more discussions on Real Presence Live right after this. (laughs) 